Well, friends, it's good to, to be with you tonight, and it's a little bit different for on a Thursday night in the Bible study. I'm usually standing behind a pulpit, uh, looking at a congregation, but tonight we're sitting and we're looking at a screen. Uh, but yet we trust the Lord will be able to uh, minister to you. We're thinking today it's been a long time since we've seen some of your faces, and nevertheless we've still been continuing to pray for you, and we know that you've been praying for us in these days too, that the Lord uh, would bless us and that he would uh, draw near to us. There's a verse that's been on my mind, and I have been enjoying it over recent days, and I just want to share it with you tonight. It's in Isaiah chapter 40, and in verse 11 it says, He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm, and carry them in his bosom, and shall gently lead those that are with young. You know, we're living in a world tonight and uh, we hear about the confusion and the chaos and the collapse and the COVID-19 virus. And for a moment or two tonight, I want to bring your attention to the person of Christ. And there's no greater person that we can think upon than the person of the Lord Jesus. And in fact, the, the great rebuke that came to the church in Ephesus and revelation uh, from the Lord was this. It wasn't their doctrine and it wasn't their activity. And it wasn't their standard, it was that they had left their first love. They no longer had that sweet adoration in their heart for the Lord Jesus that they once had. They no longer uh, loved him and adored him the way that they once uh, had that love in their heart for him. And you know, friends, that's one of the great things that we need to check in these days, that we don't become uh, over over familiar with the, the person of the Lord, that we don't uh, just lose that love, that uh, passion and that desire for him that we ought to have in our hearts. John in his epistle, he said, we love him because he first loved us. Now, there's many ways that Lord Jesus is described in the word of God. First of all, he's described as a son. We often quote it, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He was a son that ever brought the light to the heart of his father. Uh, you remember whenever he was baptized, the heavens opened and the father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Not only is he described as a son, but he's described in the word of God as a servant. In Isaiah chapter 40, the father is speaking again. He says, behold, my servant whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. He ever brought the light to the heart of his father. He went on to say in the next verse down, he shall not fail. Isn't that lovely? You know, we live in a world today where everything that man has been putting their trust and everything that man has been relying on is failing and falling at their feet. The stock exchange is failing. Uh, the financial system failing. Uh, the economy failing. The health service uh, under the load of uh, the, the illness with COVID-19 failing. And yet we have one who will never fail. He couldn't fail. He cannot fail. And his father said, he shall not fail. But not only is he described in the word of God as a son and as a servant, he's described as a savior. And that's lovely. You know, it says in John's, John's epistle, 1 John 4 and 14, that the father sent the son to be the savior of the world. Isn't that lovely? That there's a savior from sin if men and women will only let him in. Uh, the night that the Lord Jesus was born, 
the angels came to hail his arrival and they went out onto the hills and they cried to the shepherds on the hillside looking after the herds. And this is what they said. They said, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour. And I'm glad that there's a Saviour. I'm glad that there is one who came to save us from sin. There's one who came and he made provision for us on Calvary's cross. He's a Saviour from sin. He's the only Saviour. So the Lord Jesus is described as a son. He's described as a servant and a saviour. And there's many others that you can uh, go into in your own time. But there's another description and it's a lovely description. It's this description given of him as a shepherd. And it's this area that I've been really enjoying over this last few days. The shepherd ministry of the saviour. And you know, we can say like the hymn writer, we used to sing it so often back Whenever we met together, I have a shepherd, one I love so well. How he has blessed me, tongue can never tell. I was thinking earlier on today of the blessings that the Lord has poured upon me, even since the day that he saved me. And you know what I'd have to say? Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. You know, he's not only a shepherd, but he's a personal shepherd. The psalmist David in Psalm 23, he said, the Lord is my shepherd uh, and there's many things that you can call your own and there's some things that I can call my own but it's lovely that we can call the shepherd my the saviour my shepherd the Lord is my that's he's a personal shepherd he's the individual shepherd and in Psalm 23 you don't read about the flock you just read about one shepherd and one sheep he deals with us one at a time. Not lovely. But not only is he a personal shepherd, he's a present shepherd. Because he went on and says, For thou art with me. And even in this whole chaotic scene with the COVID-19, while we're in isolation and in our homes and in lockdown and shutdown, it's lovely to know that there's one who is ever with us. He could turn to his disciples in Matthew, Matthew's Gospel and he said, He says, Lo, I am with you always. In Hebrews chapter 13 and 5, the writer reminds us there concerning the Lord. He says, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Whenever Paul was writing in Philippians, he said, the Lord is at hand, or the Lord is at your very elbow. He'll never leave us. He'll never uh, forsake us. He's a personal shepherd. He's a present shepherd, but he's a perfect shepherd. You know, three times in John's Gospel, chapter 10, the Lord Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd. The good shepherd, there's some shepherds you know and they're not too good. But the Lord Jesus is a good shepherd. In fact, he's the best shepherd. Uh, whenever he went into the city or the region of Decapolis, you'll read about it. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 7, they brought a man that was both dumb and deaf. And they brought him to the Lord Jesus and the Lord Jesus healed him. And this is what the men and women of that region said. They said, he hath done all things well. And whatever the Lord does, he does it well. You look back over your life as a believer. You look over the areas in which he's led you and guided you and blessed you. You know what you would say? He hath done all things well. The Good Shepherd reminds us of the ability of the Lord Jesus. You know, there's things that the Lord Jesus did and can do that no one else can do. For instance, he, he raised the dead. He healed the sick. He cleansed the leper. He calmed the storm and he saves the lost. Isn't that lovely? And he's a shepherd that is an able shepherd 
He's the good shepherd. Everything that he does is good. Everything that he does is the best. But whenever you read on in the New Testament, it's lovely how the word of God, uh, the, the language becomes sweeter and the descriptions, they become uh, more more lovely to, to read about the shepherd. For instance, in John 10, you'll read that he's the good shepherd. But whenever you read on and you'll come to Hebrews chapter 13, you'll find there that he's described as the, the great shepherd. You'll find that the descriptions get sweeter and the language gets greater. And the good shepherd reminds us of the Lord's ability, but the great shepherd reminds us of his authority. That word great there is the word mighty. And the psalmist put it like this, the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He's great. He's mighty. That word is to do with power and it's to do with strength. And that's why the Lord, he can give strength to the faint. And whenever we're weary and whenever we need help, he can strengthen us. And the writer of the Hebrews said that we can come boldly onto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. The authority that the Lord Jesus had. You remember how he had authority over death. He raised Lazarus from the grave. He, he, he had authority over disease and he had authority over the devil himself. The great authority that he has. He's the good shepherd. He's the great shepherd. But I'll tell you, you read on in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 4, you'll read that the scriptures get sweeter still. It says he's the chief shepherd. The chief shepherd. That speaks to me of the, the Lord's supremacy. You know, the Lord Jesus is in a league of his own. There's none like him. There's never a man that will be like him. There never a man was like him. He's totally unique. He's unrivaled. In fact, if you read on in chapter 40 here of Isaiah, the Lord asks the prophet Isaiah, he says, to whom will you make mine equal? There's no one, there's no one like me, he says. There's no one like me. He's in a league of his own. We read in the Song of Solomon of a Shulamite, and she had a shepherd, and she was in love with him, and this is what she said of her shepherd. He's the chiefest among 10,000. In other words, she said, if you put 10,000 men out, uh, out in a field, my beloved will outshine them all. And you know, dear friends, the shepherd that we have, he's the chiefest, not only among 10,000, but among 10,000s of thousands and thousands. The hymn writer put it like this, 10,000 charms around him shine. But best of all, I know he's mine. The word of God describes the Lord Jesus as the bright and the morning star. He's the best. He's the greatest. He's the good. He's a personal shepherd. He's a present shepherd. But he's a perfect, perfect shepherd. You know, whenever you come to Isaiah here, and you come to Isaiah chapter 40, it gives you a threefold aspect of the shepherd ministry of the Lord Jesus. And this is what I have been really enjoying over the last few days. And I just want to lift out the first aspect for you tonight. It says in Isaiah 40 and verse 11, He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. You get the person mentioned, He, the Lord. It says in verse 10, Behold, the Lord, he, there's no one else can do it. Only he can do it. He shall, not only the person, but there's a promise. You know, there's some lovely promises in the word of God, but this is one of the great. He shall feed his flock. There's the picture. You know, there's a picture in the word of God uh, of the people uh, of God as a flock. Isn't that lovely? I remember hearing a man years ago and he said that you can describe the people of God in four ways 
from the word. First of all, you can see them as sons in the family. And that's so true. The moment that we were saved, we were placed as sons into the family. But then, of course, you can see them as saints in the fellowship and soldiers in the fight. But here, you'll see them as sheep in the flock. And he's the great shepherd that looks after the flock. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 12, he came to his disciples, and this is what he said in verse 32. He says, Fear not, little flock. And in this day, maybe there's someone listening to me, and you're gripped by fear and uncertainty. And here's a word from God to your soul. Fear not, little flock. Why? Because he's the good shepherd. He's the great shepherd. Ah, but he's the, he's the chief shepherd. You know, it tells us here what he does. He doesn't flog the sheep. He doesn't hit them. He doesn't embarrass them. He doesn't hurt them. You know, there's so many men uh, and they preach uh, and they, they take up the role uh, of a shepherd in the assembly and they flog the sheep. But the Lord Jesus was never like that. He didn't flog them. And nor did he frighten them. And he definitely didn't forget them. But it says here that he fed them. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. And you know, dear friends, that's one of the great needs among the people of God today is men and women to be fed from the word of God. And that is the great fear that I have even over this period with COVID-19 when we can't get into the assemblies where men and women, uh, they listen to messages on the internet and they listen to the messages more than the master. They listen to sermons more than to the shepherd. Uh, then they don't get alone with the word of God and the, the great shepherd of the sheep and say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And that's the great need among us. We need to be fed from the word of God. Whenever the Lord Jesus was led by the Spirit out into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil 40 days and 40 nights, the first temptation which came to him was that he was to turn the stones into bread. And the Lord turned to the, to the devil and this is what he said. He said, man shall not or man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. It's the word of God that will feed the nourish and sustain the soul. Job, he said, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. And I want to ask you a question tonight as a believer, as a child of God, as a, as a sheep in the flock. Are you being fed? Are you feeding yourself on the word of God? You see, whenever the shepherds were out on the hillsides of Judea and they came to a tree or to a bush with fruit or berries upon it, the shepherd would take his hand and he would fill his hand with the fruit and he would open his hand for the sheep. And the great lesson to learn is this, that the sheep that were closest to the shepherd were always the best friend. And men and women that spend time with the Lord and the word of God, they always seem to have more food than others because the sheep that are closest to the shepherd are the best fed. And if you're not being fed spiritually, maybe it's because you're not spending enough time uh, listening to the, to the Lord and spending time with the open book and get away from the sermons and get away from the messages and get alone with the shepherd and get alone with the master and say, speak, Lord, for thy servant he heareth. The sheep that are closest to the shepherd are always the best fed. Now, uh, whenever we come here to Isaiah chapter 40, we find uh, some reasons why the Lord Jesus Feeds the flock. And I want to give them to you. You know, there's three reasons why the Lord, he feeds his sheep. First of all, because he owns them. It says here in verse 11, he shall feed his 
flock. This is a flock that he owns. This is a flock that he's bought. And you know, that reminds our hearts as believers that Paul could say to the church at Corinth, we're not our own, but we've been bought. Bought with a price. It was the greatest price that ever could be paid. He says in First Peter that we're not redeemed, we're not bought back with corruptible things such as silver and gold. Those things perish, but we're redeemed with the precious blood. The shepherd who, who gave his, his life blood for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, he said, the good shepherd that giveth his life for the sheep. He has bought us. He owns us. Isn't that lovely? Again, the, the bride, the Shulamite, she said this in the Song of Solomon, chapter 6 and verse 3. I am his and he is mine. He owns me and I own him. And that's a lovely uh, picture of the shepherd and the sheep. We own the shepherd, but the shepherd, he owns the sheep. He feeds the sheep because he owns us. I'm telling you another reason why he feeds us, because he loves us. The love that Christ has for his people. Whenever Paul was writing to the church at Ephesus, he reminds the believers there. He describes, talks about the, the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which passes all understanding, all knowledge. You know, it'll take all of eternity uh, for us to fathom and to, to learn how much Christ he loves you and I as his people. In fact, he said to his disciples, he says, as the Father has loved me, even so have I loved you. The same love that the Father has for the Son, the Son has for you and I. It's love without measurement. It's love without dimension. It's love that can't even be described. It's without the, it can't be described with the, the eloquence of man. In fact, he went on and says, greater love hath no man than this, than a man who lay down his life for his friends. And you know, I was thinking this morning and I was enjoying this little truth, is before he owned us, he loved us. Before he owned Stephen Riddle, he loved him. Away before the foundation of the world, he was the lamb that was to be slain. And again, the apostle says we love him because he first loved us. Before he owned us, he loved us. Even whenever we were still in sin, he loved us. But not only does he feed his sheep because he owns them and feed his sheep because he loves them, he feeds his sheep because he knows them. You know, he knows who we are. He knows our name. In John's Gospel, chapter 10, twice you'll find that the Lord Jesus says, I know them. Isn't that lovely? You know, there's people that will never know me in the world and there's people in the world that will never get to know you. But yet the Lord knows us. He says, I know them. And that word is to know intimately. He says, I know them. I know them well, he said. And he knows our name. It says in John's Gospel 10 and verse 3, he calleth his own sheep by name. It's not lovely to know that he knows our name. Why, you may never have your name in a paper. You may never have your name known by the world and yet to have it known by the great shepherd outshines them all. He knows his sheep by name. There's a lovely illustration of that in John chapter 20. Whenever the Lord Jesus had been raised from the dead and Mary Magdalene was left alone at the sepulchre and the Lord Jesus came near and she thought he was a shepherd and he said just one word to her, Mary. He knew her name and he knows your name as a child of God tonight. He knows your name. He knows who you are. But he not only knows who you are, he knows where you are. In this time of isolation, you know, there's not too many people know what we'd be doing and there's not too many people know where we are. 
But the Lord knows. He knows who we are. And he knows where we are. He knows if you're alone in a home. He knows if you, you're finding the going hard and the hill's hard to climb and it's lonely for you. And you're not getting out to the assembly and you're not seeing your friends and your loved ones. He knows who you are, but he knows where you are. Lovely illustration of that is in John's Gospel, chapter 1. Whenever the Lord Jesus, uh, whenever Nathaniel came to the Lord Jesus, and this is what the Lord said, he says, Here is an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no guile. And Nathaniel said, He says, From whence knowest thou me? He says, You have never met me before. Ah, but the Lord Jesus said before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. You know, a good shepherd always has his eye upon the sheep. And that's a lovely fact. At every moment of the day and every moment of the night, the shepherd's eye is upon us. He watches us. He observes us. He he cares for us. He feeds us because he owns us. He feeds us because he loves us. He feeds us because he knows us. He knows who we are. We know, he knows where we are. I'll tell you one more thing he knows. He knows how we are. You remember whenever he was in the little home in Bethany, the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. It was there where Mary sat at the feet of the Lord Jesus. And it says that Martha served. And the Lord Jesus turned to Martha, and this is what, she, what he said. He says, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. He knew what was in her mind. He knew what she was thinking. And friend, isn't that so encouraging in these days that even older folk that are worried and are weary and are anxious about their health and about the future, the Lord, he not only knows who we are and he not only knows where we are, he knows how we are. He knows our feelings. The psalmist said in Psalm 139, Thou knowest my down sittings and my uprisings. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Lord, you don't even not only know my thoughts, you understand them afar off. He said, Thou compassest my path and art acquainted with all of my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. You know, he feeds us because he loves us. He feeds us because he owns us. He feeds us because he knows us. He knows who we are. He knows where we are. And he knows how we are. Isn't that lovely? He's the great, good, and the chief shepherd. And then he goes on and he says, you know, he shall feed his flock. You know, whenever something or someone's hungry, it lets us know of a need. And I don't know your need tonight. But friends, this ought to encourage all of our hearts that the Lord, he knows the need. But not only does he know the need, he can meet the need. Every time in the New Testament, the Lord Jesus saw a need. You know what he did? He met it. Whenever he saw the the, the, the multitude of 4,000, he fed them. It says that until they were filled. And whenever he saw the multitude of the 5,000, he fed them. And you get that little word again, until they were filled. He knows the need. And he meets the need. And you know, dear friend, he knows your need tonight. And he can meet your need. And he, he says he shall feed. And whenever something is full, that speaks of being satisfied. And the Lord Jesus in these days is the one, the only one that can satisfy. You can look back to a day and I can look back to a day when we, we tried the broken cisterns of the world. But they didn't satisfy. But we came to the person of the Lord Jesus. And every day since he has satisfied the longings 
of her soul. You know, the psalmist in Psalm 23 put it like this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. And that word feed here in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 11, it's the word to feed with tender grass. And that tells me that whenever the Lord gives his people anything, he gives them the, the, the best that there is to give. He gives fresh, tender grass. And whenever the Lord gives us a blessing, he gives us the, ble- the best blessing that there is. The hymn writer put it like this, Who can cheer the heart like Jesus? By his presence all divine, true and tender, pure and precious. Oh, how blessed to call him mine. Every need his hand supplying, every good in him I see. On his strength daily relying, he is all in all to me. All that thrills my soul is Jesus. He is more than life to me and the fairest of ten thousand. In my blessed Lord I see. So you can see the shepherd. The shepherd who feeds the sheep. And not only does he feed the sheep, you know he cares for them. Because John, uh, Paul, Peter, sorry, in his epistle he said that he's not only the chief shepherd, but in verse uh, 7, I think it is, in First Peter 5, he says, because he's the chief shepherd, this is what you can do. He says you can cast your care on him because he careth for you. That word care is the word anxiety. And you can cast all your anxiety and all your fear, the fear of the finances, fear of the future, fear of the family, and you can cast them on him. Why? Because he's the chief shepherd that careth for you. And that word care there is the word he's interested. Isn't that lovely? The God of heaven, the Lord Jesus, the shepherd, the good, the great, the chief shepherd. He's interested in his people. He's interested in the sheep, just like you and I. It goes on to say, he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. And that word shepherd is a lovely word. And it's not only that he feeds us. This word shepherd here reminds us that he befriends us. And Solomon, whenever he was writing in Proverbs, he says that there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And we have got a friend. And he's the shepherd, the good shepherd of the sheep, the great shepherd and the chief shepherd. He's the friend that sticketh closer than any brother. And I trust even these simple meditations on the person of the Lord Jesus will get your heart to rise and worship for him. To think that he not only feeds us, but he befriends us. He's the one that will never leave us and never forsake us. He's the one who, who knows who we are. He know, he's the one who knows where we are. And he's the one who knows how we are. And he knows everything there is to know about us. Listen to it again. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. And I trust the Lord will bless his word to your hearts. Amen.